We have just uh, gotten the ruling on the PC leadership vote. It will not be extended. So tomorrow we will, in fact, learn who the new leader is. And we are going to talk to John Nunziata in just a second. I want to read the statement that has been sent out by Christine Elliott. She says, quote, We are encouraged to see the decision of the Ontario Superior Court of Justice today. It validates our election process. We know Ontarians are counting on us to come together so we can finally turn the page on Kathleen Wynne. And then she talks a little bit about uh, the 44 volunteers who drove her uh, leadership race. Um, And we will wait for the other members to talk, trying to get Doug Ford on if we can for an interview. But I want to bring in John Nunziata. He is the lawyer who, in fact, was representing this case for a complainant. Thanks so much for waiting, John. Uh, You're welcome. Busy day. I know you're trying to get away from March break, but not not the way you wanted the decision to go. A lot of people saying, why would the judge go this rule this way? And why is that, do you think? Well, I haven't had a chance to thoroughly review the decision, but needless to say, uh, I'm disappointed. Jeffrey Radnoff uh, argued the motion. He's an associate of mine and did an excellent job. Uh, the court found that, uh, in fact, the court had jurisdiction to hear the injunction, but ultimately it was brought too late. Um, so that's uh, the decision. It was a well-reasoned decision. And so the leadership uh, results will be announced tomorrow. There won't be any extension. But it raises the possibility that either one of the losing candidates or those that were disenfranchised, the party members, could bring an action to set aside the result. Yeah, and I I expect that will be a, a big uh, concern for whomever um, should win or lose. And the bottom line is there was 190,000 members and 62,000 voted, which means they didn't even get, I mean, they got around 30%, just under 30% of the vote, which a lot of people will say that's not legitimate. Right. So there's uh, certainly a lot of people that wanted to vote that weren't allowed to vote because the system was flawed. And the Constitution of the Conservative Party says that party members have the right to vote and um, they weren't given the right and uh, I would have preferred the party to uh, on behalf of uh, the applicant in this matter to have extended by a week and that would have uh, obviated any possibility of uh, a challenge of the result especially if it's a close result tomorrow mm-hmm. if the the elections decided by you know 50 100 200 votes and there's several thousand people that uh, weren't uh, permitted to vote and they swear affidavits to the effect that they would have supported someone else other than the winner, then that could be grounds for an appeal of the result uh, through uh, the judicial review process, which creates a very difficult situation for uh, the Conservative Party or would create a difficult situation. What do you make of the argument that uh, a lot of people have put forward to say, hey, guys, sour grapes, it's over, we did our best, the system's not perfect, but we got record numbers out to vote, and uh, let's just get behind the party and whoever's picked the leader, it's time to move forward. That, to me, well, discounts an awful lot of voices who feel like they didn't get a say. Well, exactly. Yes, we recognize that there, w- there was a record number of people that cast their ballots, but there were a record number of people that were not able to vote. So just because there was a high voter turnout doesn't legitimize a process that was unfair to a lot of people that joined the party or have been members of the party for a long. Bob Runciman, I understand, the former MPP cabinet minister, um, wasn't allowed to vote. Mm -hmm. Um, There were a number of uh, former 
MPPs and politicians in the courtroom today. Uh, Sam Wakem, for example, was in the courtroom today, and he lamented the fact that there were a lot of people that could not vote in uh, in this election. It would have been very easy for the party to extend it a week. There was no prejudice other than the argument put forward was that they would have to find another venue to yeah. hold the convention. And uh, other than that, there was no prejudice to the party, other than, I guess, uh, on principle, they wanted uh, to show that what they did was right. Just before I, I've got a, a stack of people who are, are patiently waiting on the phones, and I promise I will get to you. But before I let you go, John, um, a lot of uh, questions have been asked about you know getting these kinds of cases into courtrooms. We see injunctions all the time in environmental cases, labor cases. If you want to stop something very suddenly before the the, the result is permanent, what is uh, unique about getting a political case like this into a courtroom? And why don't judges like to to kind of rush through them and, and be forced one way or the other? Well, these these are not um, cases that come uh, along every day. Uh, but there was the the judge did make comments throughout the day, throughout the submissions about this being a political party and not a general election, um, either municipal, provincial, or federal, where people have the constitutional right to vote. The Canadian Constitution. This is a private organization. Political parties are, are private organizations, so. Ultimately, someone's going to be held accountable for all these individuals not voting. So whether they're held accountable through another court process or once this is all over and the general election is held on June 7th, the new leader, the new premier, perhaps will have to clean up the mess. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned. I thank you so much for joining us. I know you were trying to get away, so I do appreciate it. Okay, you take care. Bye-bye. John Nunziata joining us on the phone tonight.